Sunday's message is entitled Vertically, is uh, on the subject of prayer, and is the fourth or fifth installment in a series uh, pertaining to firming up your foundation, which is one of four tracks that we hope to graduate some people from. You, you're, some of you are not yet aware of this yet, but uh, these messages are just general in nature, and they're followed up by actual small group material, discussion material, exercises, action steps, uh, classes. Uh, and you'll have an opportunity to uh, interface with that curriculum and graduate from this particular track if you so desire. You'll also notice that at the bottom of the page on your faith and action sheet, you have a memory verse. There will be ten memory verses for this particular series. And uh, if I had to guess, I'd say the kids, the grade school kids, are beating us really bad in this area. That's what I think. That's my prophecy. Uh, but uh, we'll more about that later. Vertically. So we're going to look at uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, and Revelation 8, verse, verses 3 and 4. The question here is, how, how might we better understand, enhance, my goodness, even leverage the power of prayer in our life? Um, to do that, to address that question in one message is kind of absurd. But nonetheless, I'll give it my best go. Um, first of all, I named this title vertically for a reason. We have this orientation that God is above us and our prayers go up to him. Right? And into the throne room. We're going to talk about that today. And uh, why do we have this upward orientation to God? Um, oftentimes, we look up to see, uh, reference God, but in reality, He's in your own heart. It gets a little complex, but nonetheless, we have this upward movement, this upward gravitation towards God for a number of reasons. Second uh, Corinthians 12 and 2, Paul was caught, what, up to the third heaven. Creation has this upward uh, movement into the heavens. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, was healing a deaf and mute man, and he looked up to heaven so as to indicate to the man who could not hear him that he was going to pray for him and heal him. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 speaks to this issue of then we who, are, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture. So there's this upward movement. So whatever prayer you pray, whatever corporate prayers we pray, whatever the church does here on earth, for the sake of the next 35 minutes, let's talk about that being an upward movement. Upward movement. So what's prayer like to God? Where is, where is he on prayer? Um, God loves our prayers more than we love our prayers. If there's any one area of a Christian's life that I see that gets more self-criticism and self-deprecation, it's prayer. There is, I don't know, it's rampant. There's this mindset somehow that's really firmly entrenched in the church today that I can't, you know, I don't know if I can pray in public. I don't know if I can pray in front of other people. Some people have that thing going on. I don't know how to pray. Uh, my prayers are wimpy prayers. I can't pray like so-and-so. I don't know where all that came from, but whatever's authentic, I can tell you God's pretty much behind it. Um, I don't think he's grading you. 
on your prayers? I don't think that's taking place. I think maybe some of us are grading our own prayers. It's just weird. So the vertical gets compromised by the horizontal. That's my point. First thing I want to say about prayer. What we think other people are thinking is a horizontal mindset. And prayer is solely a vertical mindset. If you're self-conscious about your prayers and your prayer life, because there is a place for public prayer and there's a place for private prayer, I get that. But if you're self-conscious, if you have a greater fear of man than you do the Lord, we need to get that straightened out. Because prayer is one of the, is the lifeblood of the church, one of the most important things going on in your life or not going on in your life. And we need it to be vertical and pretty much vertical only. We don't need to be worried about what other people think about our prayer life. By the way, the people, you, most of the people you think have a really strong prayer life are about half probably as much as you think they do. Everybody's in the same place for the most part. But we don't need to criticize our prayers, be self-critical of them. We need to get freed up from that and realize that we're praying vertically to God. We don't need to inform the rest of the world as we're praying. We're really just giving a news report of what's going on. And then we never really pray. That's another thing we don't need to do. Said another way, we need to be God conscious, not self conscious. And I see this in worship as well. We seem, some people seem to be so aware or self limiting in their expression of worship for fear of what someone else may think. Now, what. Get yourself in God's position. What does he think about that? That's like, that's like not introducing my wife because I didn't want someone to know I was married to her. That's how ridiculous that is. Isn't it? So, so we've got to look inside on this topic here and go, where am I in this, all this stuff? What is, what is this hierarchy of uh, performance all about? It's not healthy. Also, I say to God, from his perspective, uh, prayer is a very notable fragrance. That's unusual, isn't it? Prayer to God has its own specific fragrance. This is, I didn't see that coming at first. Where did that come from? Prayer has a fragrance to God. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? If there's an absence of prayer, is that a putrid stench? Is the absence of prayer foul to God if the presence of prayer is a beautiful aroma? You can answer that one on your own. Revelation 5.8, we're in the throne room now of heaven. And he had taken it. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Taken what? A scroll that had to be opened. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. That's interesting. When we pray here in this realm, in this room, during this service, somehow or another, that vertically makes its way as an aroma to God. Wow. I just thought we were just sending up information and like song requests, like you would on a napkin. 
No, this is taking on a whole nother dynamic. A prayer takes up space in the throne room of God, and it's likened unto incense. It is incense to God. Oh, and by the way, I look back. I was right. God's big on incense, too. So God's big on this fragrance of prayer. Uh, Revelation 8.3, another angel who had a golden censer. You know what a censer is? Is that weird-looking religious artifact that they would carry on a chain with incense burning, and smoke would come out of it as you swing it. But swing's not a word, is it? What well, is now? As you, as you would swing this censer, it would fill the room with this smoke. Not unlike your drive over here this morning. Revelation 8 and 4, the smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Wow. It's my experience, and I think we talked about this before, that I find, maybe if you agree with me, raise your hand. I find that certain fragrances are holders for really strong memories, right? There's something about that. Yeah, like some memories are so accompanied by the associated odor that it's as if when you smell the odor, you're reliving the memory. That's the tie they have between the two of them. Makes me wonder if our prayers are fragrance of incense before God. Is he trying to tell us that he never forgets any prayer? Curious about that. I'm going to ask him. When my grandfather put me on his lap and taught me to whistle, I inhaled instead of exhaled. I would not recommend that. You, there's so many tunes, you really can't whistle when you inhale. There's just not enough air. But I remember his breath. It smelled like cigars. So too did his living room and his kitchen and his tool room because he put all the screws and nails in cigar boxes. I walk past somebody who smokes a similar cigar to my grandfather, and I almost start inhaling whistling. There's such a tie between those two things. Um, I've been up in St. Anne's District of Jamaica many, many times, teaching and training and uh, leading leadership and all this kind of stuff up there at a, at a school. And just the smell of jerk chicken makes me think of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit I experienced there. The Blue Mountain coffee has an odor to it that takes me back to a vacation my wife and I had. And I followed a gas, a petrol truck, a tanker up the mountain in St. Anne's, Jamaica one time that had a leak in it. And the fuel was coming out of the back of the truck, going up the mountain, and on the ditches of the roads, people were burning leaves. I never forgot that one. I did not tailgate him. And by the way, if I have tailgated anybody here in the last 90 days, I'm a, I apologize. I'm working on getting some darker tints in my windows so as to be less recognizable. Anointing oil has its own smell. The Cinnabon in the mall has its own smell. Can I get an amen? Perfume or cologne of a lost loved one that lingers on their clothes in the closet. It's a strong memory. Well, 
now that you know that your prayers are fragrant to God, maybe we forget our prayer requests sooner than perhaps he does. Or perhaps he never does. Micah chapter 7 verse 19 says that he puts our sin in the depths of the sea, a sea of forgetfulness. God intentionally forgets some things. Prayers are not one of them. So this scriptural connection between prayer and incense is clear. It's very clear in the Bible. He says in Psalm 141 verse 1, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. What is he up to? What is he saying? He's saying that he had this schedule worked out, this liturgy for the temple where all the priests would do certain things at certain times. They'd cast lots, see who's going to do the night shift, this, that, and the other thing. And they'd be in there and they'd resupply the incense, resupply the incense, resupply the incense. You never ran out of incense. You never ran out of oil in the golden lampstand. You never ran out of the table of showbread. Why? Because we need forever the need for light of Jesus Christ, the oil of the Spirit, and we forever need the incense of prayer. 247 every day. But what good is incense? Incense in and of itself is not what fills the throne room of heaven. Incense, listen now, incense without fire doesn't add up to much of anything. Incense without fire. Prayer without heat is not going to get you the fragrance you're looking for or that God desires who finds and very pleasing to him. What's the fire? What's the fire? So religious prayer, rote prayer, ritualistic wording, the reading of something without any kind of fire whatsoever, without any warmth, that's not too fragrant. But there is a prayer... A way of praying, I'm not, I'm not advocating the style, I'm advocating authenticity, earnestness, desperation, passion, hunger, longing uh, for God. And for, for God above what He's going, you're asking Him to do. Listen to me, you always have to want Him more than what you want Him to do for you. If you get it reversed, what you want him to do for you becomes an idol. He becomes second, that becomes first. You always want him more than the answer you're looking for. And that was pretty good preaching. Somebody should have said amen. What is the fire? Well, the Bible kind of addresses this. The fire is the hallowedness of your prayer. The hallowedness, hallowed be thy name. It's um, what, what what we're saying here is, and I know we have people who are brand new believers, so let me go ahead and give you this. It's, some of you already know this. I'm going to give you these four letters, okay? You new believers, listen up. A C T S, <coughs> adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. What's first? Adoration. What do we do? The first thing we came in this place. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, adoration. Why? So that we'd be more sensitive to the presence later. Okay? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So, so there's a, there's a worshipful part of prayer that, that, that has to be present. That's going to be part of the spark. 
that's going to get the incense going, that's going to create the fragrance, that's going to make it to the throne room of God. Confession. For the very reasons we opened the service in the manner that we did, we have to confess. We don't just bring all our defiledness right into the throne room of God. Here I am, i got a few things I want you to do for me. Thanksgiving, we talked about that, and supplication. The request comes last. Fire. Fire is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. He helps guide us in our prayer. Um, he prays through us. Uh, he is the all-consuming fire. There it is. So, if your prayer life has yielded little to nothing over the span of your life, I ask you this question, where's the flame? Where's the flame? Where's the spark? Where's the worship? It's all, it, the fervency. It, it's very important. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed, James 5 and 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's that fervency. Fervency for me may not be, look like fervency for you. Fervency for me may sound different than fervency for you. I'm big, large, loud, intimidating, confident, and overbearing. Did I pretty much nail it? <clears throat> Some of you are quiet, gentle. Your fervency may not sound like my fervencies. That's why we don't grade one another. What's fervent for you is fervent for you. We're not having a contest here so you can be the most obnoxious. We're trying to figure out how we can be the most authentic. Amen? From now on, if I, for the rest of the day, just for my sake, because I'm a little down with the weather and I almost turned into the restaurant. If I say something even halfway right, can I get someone to say amen? Thank you. Thank you. It's a, little, it's a little dim in here today. Come on out. You with me? All right. Fervency, desperation, passion, depth. And prayer is also at times physical. Physical. You know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. These people, how many saw a big fat Greek wedding? One, two, three, I guess. Alright, there you had a cultural look at the Greek people, right? You know we eat meat. Okay, we have lamb. Oppa! So, the, the Hebrew people and the Greek people, the Middle Eastern people, they're about the same. They're demonstrative. They're physical. They're, they, they use physicality in what they do. And they happen to be included in the Bible. So, okay. Um, what do we do about that? Well... The point is not what they did. The point is what the Word of God says. They happen to fall in line with it. And what is that? That prayer has physicality to it. It has, it has sight. It's not just audio. You can see when someone's really praying fervently. How? Their body tells you. Scripturally speaking, their body tells you. Now, you can be Mr. Larson in charge like me, or you can be docile and gentle prayer warrior who probably has is, is a pillar in the church holding up the church as quiet as you are you're probably doing more in the heavenly realms than I am up here blustering but the fact of the matter is 
There is a physicality to it. The physicality isn't dependent upon personality or culture. The physicality is scriptural. Let me say that again. The physicality is scriptural. We're not doing it because they did it, that culture. We're doing it because the Word of God says so. Because God says so. What am I talking about? First Timothy 2 and 8. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. The lifting of hands is a, is a thing that the Scripture says. Don't, don't neglect the public reading of Scripture. It goes on to say the, the lifting of hands, men, the lifting of hands is important. It's a demonstrative physical thing that God calls us to do. Well, is it the surrender? I don't know. Is it a field goal? I don't know. Is it lifting these things up to God? Yes. Cast your cares on Him and He will sustain you. It is, it is physicality in prayer that's biblical. And that might just be part of the fire that God's talking about. Because it's less horizontally minded and more, raising hands in worship when I first got saved was like, oh my God. All the Baptists would get together and go, they're raising their hands. <laughs> Sunday night service in the, in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, there was a wind of the Spirit roaming through this country. And, and on Sunday night, it hit Atlanta from 7 to 8.30, 9, 9.30, 10 every week. And all the Episcopalians and Lutherans and the Southern Baptists were there on Sunday night. Sometimes they'd even run into their pastor. Like they had done something wrong. Like they'd run into their pastor coming out of an R-rated movie or something. And they'd realize, oh my gosh, these people are raising their hands. And I didn't know any different. I was going, isn't that in the Bible? What's the problem? I didn't know. No one sent me the memo. Express yourself. You see, on Sunday night, nobody was worried about the horizontal feedback. And God honored that. Thank you. Lifting holy hands um, somehow got stereotyped. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Kneeling's another one. Getting on your face before God's another one. Who knows this word? Shuckling. Anybody know this word? Shuckling? Oh, good. I'm just going to relish the fact I'm the only one in the room knows what it means. Feels, I feel that right now. Shuckling. When you go to the Western Wall, who's been to the Western Wall? Okay. It's, some people don't, they don't really know how it started, but this is what, the way it ended up. Sometimes they'd have one Torah, the law, the first five books of the Bible, and they'd have ten people around it. So you'd have to bend over and look, and then you'd have to get out of the way so someone else could look at the same time. So it was like this. So shuckling is rocking. Yeah, that's one way they thought it, it started that way. I don't know. Makes sense though. Would have looked pretty funny. But hey, listen, if you're at the Western Wall and you're a Jew, you don't really care what anybody looks like. Right? You're God minded. That's a holy sight. That's a sacramental thing for you. That's, that's a holy reverent sight. To shuckle. That's what they're doing. I could care less who's watching them. Shuckle. Another definition is to engage with the Torah. This is beautiful. The light of his or her soul ignites, which is why he or she moves like the flame of a candle. Oh, that's pretty poetic. 
It's so poetic, it's probably not even accurate, but I like it. Psalm 35 and 10 says, All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? The whole body gets involved. So if you're looking for ways to grow in your personal walk, you came to this church, why don't we meet those two things together? Use physicality in your expression to God, the physicality that's in His Word before Him, and maybe add a little fire to the incense and so bring about a greater fragrance so as to maybe join nearer to Him. Seems to make sense to me. Don't do these things, which is the fundamental of prayer to begin with. Don't do these things like some pagan all dressed up babbling on the street corner to be seen by other men. Who gets up in the morning, by the way, and thanks God he's not like other men. Don't be like him. Get in your prayer closet and be physical. On your face, on your knees. Lifting holy hands in prayer. Rocking back and forth. I always thought it had something to do with chewing on the word and meditating on it. You'll see them at the Passover comes. They'll be doing that at the Western Wall. I have a feeling that if the church would be more biblical in their prayer, shake a little bit and rock a little bit more often, we just may rock this world a little more often. A little more fire. Not for fire's sake, but for biblical sake. Where is the best place to pray? I've been thinking about this for months now. I'm going to share it with you. You can totally dismiss it if you want or embrace it. I just did this little casual self-study on the feet of Jesus. And all the things that happened around his feet. And I can tell you, it's not a bad place to be. The woman with the issue of blood is healed at his feet. Mary wipes her hair and worship at his feet. What a rich experience that must have been. Talk about demonstrative. At the throne of God, you sit at the feet of Jesus. You, you are taught and you pray and you worship at the feet of Christ. His enemies is a footstool for his feet. The lepers fall at his feet. These are the kind of things like, sometimes I, I go like, Prayer, you know, when you do something for 40, 50, 60, 70 straight years, every once in a while, like you golfers, who golfs? Who's obsessed with golfing? Same guys. Okay. I've seen more money spent on new nine irons and three irons and pitching wedges and every loft available in the range of a pitching wedge because you've been playing golf for 40, 50 years or whatever it is. And you, you, you always want to tweak what you got. You want to do something different. You still get the same score. You just, you just help the economy. I play with you. You haven't improved a lick. I can't play as good as I truly am because you'll think I don't work. Thank you. I'm a scratch golfer. You don't go out there playing the tournaments at 14, handicap. I don't want you guys to think I'm just playing golf all the time. I have to go to the mountain, go to the driving range nowadays. It's not true. But prayer can be deeply personal. 
and it, and it certainly needs to be deeply personal. If you're going to be in a relationship with the same person, even Jesus, for an extended period of time, your spouse for an extended period of time, always look for new ways, new biblical ways to bring in and enhance your friendship and your relationship. Physicality is one, nearness, intimacy, these things, the fire, the fire, the fire, the fire, the fire, that generates the incense into a fragrance. Some of us have been praying the same way, the same manner, forever. And don't you think it gets boring to God? I have no idea. Probably not. Shoot, would have been a good example. But prayer is not only deeply personal, prayer is deeply corporate. And that, that's what I enjoy here. Here it is. Corporate prayer is serious business. It is, it's the Lord's Prayer that most people recite and have no, no awareness whatsoever of what it is they're saying. And we think that the Lord's Prayer exists for ourselves, but in no way, shape, or form is it for you personally. It was never meant for you to pray as a personal prayer. That's why the word us and we and our are laced in the middle of it. And the word I does not exist. Jesus was trying to teach his disciples to pray corporately one for the other. To share in your burdens, to build one another up, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to be a corporate family. And that's what we have here. Corporate prayer does move mountains. Acts chapter 4, it shakes the very foundation of the earth. Pentecost has its own uh, results. And at times, prayer is warlike. Now, you've got some blanks to fill in there on your sheet, and we'll give you the answer. Proper and true spiritual warfare, which is a message in and of itself. I can't do it justice in a moment, but proper and true spiritual warfare employs such weapons as these are the three weapons you have if you're new to the faith these are the three weapons write them down there's three bullets in your spiritual gun that's about all you got you don't need a six shooter you need a three shooter what are the three bullets the name of jesus christ the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that's how you overcome in this world name of jesus blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. These are things that the darkness doesn't want to hear about, doesn't want to hear uttered, doesn't want to hear coming from anyone's heart, doesn't want to have anything to do with it, because they have no defense against it. The name of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. We'll talk about that in another time. That's spiritual warfare. So that brings us to a little exercise we're going to do. So as our vocalists come up, I got to thinking... Got to thinking, got to thinking about this incense in the throne room of heaven. And I got to thinking about efficiency. Um, efficiency. When you run an organization or oversee a staff or run a company or whatever it is you do, you're always looking for ways to be more efficient. Prayer, for the most part, and the way that we go about it is the single least efficient thing that we do corporately. What does that mean? It means that we could gain so much more out of it, or we could engage people in the process at such a better level than we do because of what we choose to do. And what is it we choose to do? We choose to do one person prays, 
and a couple hundred listen. One person prays and 13 listen. Uh, one person prays and one person listens. It's not the incense of all those people joining together unless there's agreement. Most of the time when one person prays, they're listening to what the other person is praying, not necessarily agreeing with them, maybe critiquing, who knows. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, why is it we only have to pray one at a time? There's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it's not, it's not a heretical or anything. But I always wonder what it would sound like in the throne room of heaven if everybody got together and started burning their own incense together at the same time and there was a fire that came on it. What would that look like? What would that sound like? What would that fragrance be like? So we're going to give it a try. This could be one of the best ideas we've ever had. Or, well, it's going to be the best thing we've ever done. So on your sheet, you have group one, two, three, and four, right? All right, this group over here, which I have to say looks incredibly good today. Very nice. Group one. This group here, group two. Group one is, uh, this is a little prayer I wrote. It might even have some grammar mistakes you can critique if you want. This is Romans 15:13 for the most part. Read that. Get familiar with that. Okay, I'll be back to you in a minute. This second group, this is from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 on warfare. Read that. Get familiar with it. Group two. See that, Eddie? Look at group two. You with me? Group three. This one right here. Oh, this is from Psalm 51. Read, read this. This is a, a prayer of contrition and also to overcome. Group four. This is you over here. Now, you have the fewest amount of people. Balcony, you're group four too, okay? Aaron, up there, you're, you're group four. And you guys are basically Second Chronicles 7.14. Read that. Get familiar with it. Because we're going to pray them out loud in a minute. All right, so everybody know who they are? Who's group one up here? One? Two? That would be too easy. Go three? Four. Okay, you ready? All right, group one, I want you to stand up. This is great. Let's give it up for group one. Okay. All right, I want you to kind of read that and turn into a prayer. Do what you got to do. One, two, three, go. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, no additional help at this moment. Let's see how good they are with that. All right, go ahead. All right, it's not bad. It's, it's mediocre, actually. All right, we'll come back to you. Very good. All right, group two, stand up. Get some air in your lungs there. Let's see what you got. All right, group two, give it to us. What do you got? Nice. Nice. A little fire, a little fire, a little fire. Did you hear that, group one? Fire, a little fire. Here's you, here's you. A little fire, a little fire needed over here. All right, you're okay. All right, group three, let's stand up, see what you got. Whoa, get a suntan over here. Okay, four. All right, what you got? Okay, balcony. You on the get? You in the game here? You guys got it up there? Okay. All right. Okay, that's group five over there. All right. Group five. Good. Bert. All right. 
Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm trying to make a point here. I know it's taking 20 minutes, but I'm going to make a point. So have everybody stand. I'm going to be the prayer conductor. We're not going to use the vocalist right now, okay? All right, with a little fire, give it to us. One. When I point at your, when I point at your group, you start, you start, okay? One. Two. Three. Four. All right, hold up, hold up. All right, that was a good first run. Good. All right, now you know you're reading. Now I want you to not read, just wrote. I want you to take a little bit of time, go a little slower. Now I want you to make a prayer of it. Apply it to your own life, to your own families. Let's personalize it. All right, good. Let's start one. Go. Two. Three. Four, and the balcony. All right, vocalist. Keep reading. Repeat it. Repeat it. Okay, go ahead, y'all. on this hill. We're a city set upon a hill. Some would say we're a small church. I say we're a church with depth. Regardless of size, we have depth. We have love. We have faith. We have each other. We have the word. Look at this church. And do in and through us whatever it takes to light the incense that is the fragrance, savoring fragrance of prayer before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Fan the flames. Count on this church. Rely on this church. Commission this church. Teach and instruct this church. Inhabit the praise of this church. May the presence of the Lord be here to heal the sick. Do for this spiritual family what is best and right and noble and redemptive, restorative. You hold all things together. Bless this church and our prayer. May it be a sweet incense and a hot flame beneath it. May we demonstrate who we are in you. And may we, in worship and in prayer, be far more fixated and obsessed with you 
than we are other people's opinions. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you. Amen and amen.